Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid. I have Brother Corey assisting me today. We are the Commandment Keepers Church. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. Today will be our second installment of our series, The Kingdom of Heaven. The second installment, today's lesson will be called The Kingdom of the King. Initially, we started off with our first installment, which was The King and His Kingdom. Today will be the second installment, brothers and sisters, The Kingdom of the King. And today we will utilize biblical literature to illustrate the simplicity of the kingdom gospel, brothers and sisters. As a kingdom, with God as its king, heaven is a country just as real as any nation on earth, even though invisible at this time, brothers and sisters. So today we'll learn that the kingdom of heaven is real. It's a literal country, although invisible to physical eyes due to the spiritual nature, brothers and sisters. So please follow us to Psalms chapter 47, verse 2. Psalms 47, verse 2. For the Lord Most High is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. Now, let's let's break this down, brothers and sisters, because it says terrible. We've gotten questions on why is it saying the Most High is terrible? Where it speaks of terrible here, it's speaking to be, it's saying that the Most High is to be feared. Not only feared, but reverenced and adored, brothers and sisters. So that's what this is referring to when it says the Most High is terrible. We're going to have Brother Corey uh, read that one more time. Psalms 47 and 2. For the Lord Most High is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. He is a king over all the earth, brothers and sisters. So the universal monarch of the whole world, the king of the universe with no confined dominion, brothers and sisters. It says he is a great king over all the earth. Now we're going to jump to verse 7, brothers and sisters. Psalms 47 and 7. For God is the king of, of all the earth. What did that say? For God is the king of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. Now this is key, brothers and sisters, because all nations are subject to him and he has claim to universal praise. It says he's the king of all the earth. So that means without territory, <clears throat> excuse me, that means without territory, brothers and sisters, a king is not a king because he has nothing to rule over as illustrated where the two scriptures, the two texts, which would be verse two and verse seven is telling you what he's king over. Now, you have to understand that concept, brothers and sisters, because you cannot be a king over nothing. So now he's saying he's the king. What is his territory? All of the earth, brothers and sisters. So why are we bringing this out? Because our first installment was the king and his kingdom. Now, you can't be a king without a territory. What is his territory, brothers and sisters? All of the earth. But in specific, the kingdom of heaven belongs to a king. Brothers and sisters, let's show you. We're going to go to Revelations, brothers and sisters. Follow us. We've now established that a king cannot be a king without a territory in which he has authority and dominion over. We're going to Revelations 1 and 6, brothers and sisters. Revelation 1, verse 6. And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. What did that say? And hath made us kings and priests. Unto God his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. It says has made us kings and priests. 
So this refers to what, brothers and sisters? This refers to the exalted rank and dignity which Israel shall have, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Revelation 1 verse 6. And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father. Now it says priests, brothers and sisters. Priest refers to the fact that we are engaged in the holy service of the Most High. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, brothers and sisters, a king cannot be a king without a territory in which you exercise dominion and authority. So it's saying he made us kings, brothers and sisters. Now, how can we be kings without a territory in which we have authority and dominion, brothers and sisters? We've already established in Psalms 47 that a king must have territory, including the Most High. Now we have to show you what that territory, if he's going to make us kings, what territory is he given us to have dominion and authority, brothers and sisters? In order to find that answer, we have to go to the Apographer. We're going to the Apographer, which is... <clears throat> Uh, it's part of the original canonization of the 1611 King James Version Bible, brothers and sisters. We have um, Oxford edition, we have Cambridge edition, but initially when the 1611, when the first King James Version Bible was compiled, it had 80 books and not 66, brothers and sisters. So those who are learning with us, you know, it would behoove you to get a full Bible, get a 1611 Cambridge edition or Oxford edition, or you can just get a apographer with a King James Version Bible. We do not utilize any other version outside of the King, da the, the King James Version Bible, brothers and sisters. And first, or excuse me, second address is contained in the apographer or the 1611 King James Version, brothers and sisters. So we're going to second address. Chapter 6, we're going to read verse 54 through 59, brothers and sisters. Second Ezra 6 and 54. And after these, Adam also, whom thou madest Lord of all thy creatures, of him come we all. And the people also whom thou hast chosen. And what, brother? The people also whom thou hast chosen. Who has he chosen? He hath chosen the children of Israel. Verse 55. All this have I spoken before thee, O Lord, because thou made it the whole world for our sakes. Because what, brother? Thou made it the whole world for our sakes. Now that's key, because he said <clears throat> that we are kings and priests. Now, we've established that you cannot be a king without a territory, brothers and sisters. And now we're learning what that territory is, brothers and sisters. As we continue to go through this series, you'll understand that the Most High's big idea is to colonize earth with the cultural heaven, brothers and sisters. Let the culture of heaven be the dominant culture on earth. So he's given us the earth to do what? To influence with the culture of heaven. That's why Matthew, in the Lord's Prayer, it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See? So he wanted us to colonize the earth with the culture of heaven. Here he's showing us, where our territory lies. We're going to have Brother Corey read verse 55 one more time. Second Ezra 6 and 55. All this have I spoken before thee, O Lord, because thou made it the, whole, the world for our sakes. As for the other people, which also come of Adam, thou hast said that they are nothing, but be like unto spittle. Now that's key, brothers and sisters. It says like unto spittle. So all the other nations 
are like unto spittle, brothers and sisters. It's going to illustrate in detail what that means. But but be like unto spittle, and has likened the abundance of them unto a drop that falleth from a vessel. So it's like when you spit on the ground, brothers and sisters, um, it holds no value, brothers and sisters. Now, is this saying that Gentiles hold no value to the Most High? No, it's saying as as it pertains to prophecy, they have no value because the entire Bible is a canonization of not only the history, but prophecy concerning a particular people, brothers and sisters. So as you read through the Bible, all of the prophets, brothers and sisters, all throughout the Bible, the disciples, every one of them, every single one of them were of Israelite descent. They were of Hebraic heritage, brothers and sisters. So what he's saying is I created the earth to be ruled by my chosen people, brothers and sisters. Can you read verse 56 one more time? Verse 56. As for the other people, which also come of Adam, thou hast said that they are nothing, but be like unto spittle, and has likened the abundance of them into a drop that falleth from a vessel. And now, O Lord, behold, these heathen, which have ever been reputed as nothing, have begun to be lords over us and to, and to devour us. Heathens, that is referring to Gentiles, brothers and sisters. Why is the Bible calling them heathens? Because heathens do not live according to law, brothers and sisters. They just go with however they feel. So they will eat whatever they want. They will uh, sleep with whoever they want. They will celebrate whatever they want without regard for any level of uh, Law or legislation, brothers and sisters. Verse 58. But we thy people, whom thou hast called thy firstborn. He's called the children of Israel his firstborn. Thy only begotten and thy fervent lover are given into their hands. He has a <clears throat> he has a relationship with the children of Israel, brothers and sisters, where it calls the they calls the children of Israel the bride, brothers and sisters. Now this is not Referring to anyone but the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. And, uh, you know, I, I really hope people don't have a problem with that because this is the Bible. This is history, brothers and sisters. And the people that usually have a problem with us saying this are the same people who didn't have a problem when they believed the Jews were white. When, the, when everybody believed the Jews were European, uh, you know, Edomites or white people, no one had a problem with saying God had a chosen people. But now that we found out that the children of Israel are actually the poor of the earth, <laughs> the poor are actually God's chosen people, it appears that people have a problem with that. But nevertheless, we'll continue. Verse 59. If the world now be made for our sakes. If what, brother? If the world now be made for our sakes. So here, he, here he's illustrating that the world was made for the children of Israel. If the world now be made for our sakes. Why do we not possess an inheritance with the world? How long shall this endure? It, now, Ezra is asking, if you made the world for our sakes, why are we not ruling right now? And what is the answer? Go read Deuteronomy 28, brothers and sisters, where he says, if you follow my law, if you give adherence to my law, then I will place you above every other nation. Yet, if you are disobedient, if you deal with some level of... <clears throat> um, some some level of disregard for his law that we would be the bottom or the the tail brothers and sisters but nevertheless the part we want to key in on is if the world now be made for our sakes because why this is indication that the most high 
wanted to extend his visible kingdom to the visible world. He wanted to colonize earth with heaven, brothers and sisters. He wanted to colonize the visible earth with the invisible heaven. And he wanted to utilize the children of Israel to do so, brothers and sisters. Now, the question is, why did we go here? We went here because in Revelations, he said that we are kings and priests. Now, you cannot be a king without a territory. And now we are finding the children of Israel's territory, brothers and sisters. To magnify that point, we'll go one chapter over to 2nd Ezra, chapter 7, verse 11. 2nd Ezra, 7 and 11. Because for their sakes I made the world. For what? For their sakes I made the world. See, the Most High envisioned the children of Israel to be kings, brothers and sisters. But a king is not a king unless he has a territory over which he rules, brothers and sisters. So what did he do? He gave us the earth to rule freely as his, his legal representatives, brothers and sisters. Verse 11. Because for their sakes I made the world. And when Adam transgressed my statutes, then was decreed that now is done. Now look at this, brothers and sisters. Initially, when he created Adam, Adam was a lord of the earth, which was owner. The Most High created us to rule, brothers and sisters. But Adam lost his position of power. He lost his authority through sin. That's why it's saying when Adam transgressed my statutes. Now that's key. Why is it called a statute, brothers and sisters? Think about a statue in your city, in your state, in your country, brothers and sisters. Statues don't change. <laughs> they don't move. It doesn't matter if it's raining, if it's snowing, it's, it's, if it's windy, it stands no matter what. So these statues, these commandments that we're going to go into, brothers and sisters, stand no matter what the environment is around. Unlike, for example, laws in Babylon, where now, you know, Marriage used to be between a man and a woman, but now that has changed to be between a man and a man or a woman and a woman. See, that's not a statute. It changes. The Most High refers to his commandments as statutes because they never change, brothers and sisters. We're going to read that one more time. Verse 11. Because for their sakes I made the world. And when Adam transgressed my statutes... Then was decreed that now is done. Now, brothers and sisters, we're, we're seeing here that the Most High wants to utilize us to extend his invisible kingdom to a visible world, brothers and sisters. He wants us to colonize. That's what he wants. Now, to colonize means to influence a territory to emulate you, brothers and sisters. And Israel is the Most High's kingdom representative in order to influence the territory, which is the earth. Brothers and sisters, let's go to Psalms, Brother Corey. We're going to go back to the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. We're going to Psalms 115 and 16, chapter 115, verse 16. Psalms 115, verse 16. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth had he given to the children of men. Look at that, brothers and sisters. This is an illustration. He's telling us that he has reserved the heavens as a home for himself. However, the earth has the most high given as patrimony to the children of Israel. Could you read that one more time? Verse 16. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth had he given to the children of men. See, he created it. <laughs> brothers and sisters. 
He created it. Why? Because if you make man in the most high's image, the most high is a ruler. He is a king. He made man to be a king. You can't be a king without a territory. So he created the earth so we would have a territory in which we could uh, in which we could exercise dominion and authority, brothers and sisters. So now we're seeing that we have the privilege to rule the earth. And with that privilege also comes the responsibility of righteous judgment, brothers and sisters. So what did he do? He planted citizens of his heavenly country here as immigrants on earth so they could turn it into a conclave of heaven, brothers and sisters. That's what colonization is, brothers and sisters. Think about colon. Colon is your mouth and your rectum connected, brothers and sisters. So when Great Britain colonizes a particular land, what does it do? It connects the homeland with the new, newly acquired territory. So when you go into Cuba or you go into Haiti, you go into these areas, you it's evident that the culture there comes from the land that colonized it, brothers and sisters. Same here. The Most High had us as immigrants because we were with the Most High before the earth. And he put us here to do what? To colonize the earth with the culture of heaven, brothers and sisters. Let's magnify that point by going to Daniel. We're going to stick in the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Follow us here. We're going to Daniel 7 and 27. Daniel 7 and 27. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Look at this, brothers and sisters. Analyze this closely. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 27. And the kingdom and dominion, and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven. Now that's key right there, brothers and sisters. An everlasting kingdom shall not be in heaven, but under the whole heaven. Look at this, brothers and sisters, to show you. Because why? Christians say you're going to rule when you float up in the sky after you die. That was not the Most High's purpose, brothers and sisters. He wanted to give his children what? He wanted to give his kids rulership on earth. Could you read that one more time? Daniel 7 and 27. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And all dominions shall serve and obey him. Now look at this, brothers and sisters, because this particular text illustrates the desire of our king to extend his dominion to new territories through his royal family, brothers and sisters. This scripture gives clarity to our purpose. It's a promise. <clears throat> it's a promise for rulership to the saints in the most highest government. There's a couple things working here, brothers and sisters, because heaven, excuse me, the kingdom of heaven is a physical thing, brothers and sisters. It's not something that you float up, you know, <laughs> into the sky to experience. It's something that you will experience physically. That this key, uh, excuse me, this scripture is, is illustrating that when it says the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven. So the greatness of the heavens will be given on the earth. And we need people to understand this because usually we think of the kingdom of heaven as some, ne you know, some smoky, nebulistic, <laughs> something that, you know, is mystical and not something physical, brothers and sisters. 
There's one other thing I don't want to miss. Can you read that one more time? Daniel 7 and 27. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high. That's key right there. It shall be given to the saints, brothers and sisters. Now, if you ask a Christian who the saints are, they'll they'll come up with some dead people that, you know, that they got uh, graven images of brothers and sisters. Or they'll, they'll say that saints are Christians. Saints are not Christians, brothers and sisters. We're, we're going to show you. We're going to utilize the Bible to show you who the saints are. It's important because this is who's given control of this kingdom. We're going to go to Psalms chapter 50, verse 5, to show you who are the saints. Psalms 50, verse 5. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. See, this is clear. Those who made a covenant by sacrifice. Those are the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. When you go through Leviticus... It tell you about an unblemished lamb. It tell you about you know. It tell you about the uh, <clears throat> how to sacrifice. What is what we're able to sacrifice. So this is not Christians, brothers and sisters. This is not anyone but the children of Israel, the only people on earth who had a covenant with uh, the Most High concerning a sacrifice for sin, brothers and sisters. So when Christians come with that that nonsense, you take them right to Psalms fifty and five. Because Christians never made a covenant by sacrifice. In fact, Christ, there was no such thing as a Christian in Psalms, <laughs> brothers and sisters. So this was speaking to the children of Israel, who David was. We're reading Psalms here, David. David was a Israelite, brothers and sisters. Solomon, Saul, was a Israelite, brothers and sisters, who made covenant by sacrifice. So that's the children of Israel today. Who you have the natives, the Negroes, the Hispanics, the people of the South Pacific, uh, some of the people of um, some of the people of Japan, some of the people of Vietnam and Cambodia, uh, some of the darker, the poor people, brothers and sisters in that area. They call them what do they call them? Dirty Asians. See, those dirty Asians are really not Asian at all. They're the children of Israel. That word samurai come from Samaria, brothers and sisters. So you have these people who are the poor of the earth, who are actually the saints according to the Bible. So the Most High said, I am going to give the poor, the disenfranchised, those who've been stomped on, those who've been relegated to, you know, a second-class citizen, pretty much. I have a kingdom in store for them. I have rulership in store for them, brothers and sisters. And what, we're, what are we doing? We're utilizing this particular lesson to show you that the kingdom is a country. It is a territory. It is a physical place. Now, we're going to go to Isaiah, brothers and sisters. Follow us to Isaiah 45 and 18. Isaiah 45, verse 18. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens. God himself that formed the earth and made it. Now, it's something key, brothers and sisters, because when we, when we read Genesis 1 and 1, it talks about in the beginning. Now, we have to be clear. God did not begin in the beginning. He began the beginning, brothers and sisters. So he existed before the beginning. <laughs> he began the beginning, brothers and sisters. So he had a plan when he began it. Can you read that one more time? Isaiah 45 and 18. 
For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He hath established it. He created it not in vain. Why did he create it? He formed it to be inhabited. He did what, brother? He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, the earth was created before mankind was formed because it was necessary in order for man to be a legitimate ruler. Brothers and sisters. See, could you read that one more time? Verse 18. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, he and there did. is none else. He did not create it in vain, brothers and sisters. The Most High always has a purpose. He doesn't do things <laughs> without a purpose, brothers and sisters. From the very beginning, the Most High's intent for the earth was that it would be colonized, brothers and sisters. See? So our presence on earth was a, a colonial decision by our king, brothers and sisters. He put us on this planet for the purpose of expanding his influence and authority. Brothers and sisters, from where? From the supernatural realm to the natural realm. He created the earth with a purpose. And that purpose was to have it colonized, to extend his territory. Just like when the Romans would take over a land, that land that has now been taken is underneath, of, you know, it's under their authorities, under, it's considered their territory. So that's, you know, that's how you view a, a king or a empire or a kingdom's power. Based on them, um, uh, based on them taking lands. The more land you have, the more powerful a king is, brothers and sisters. So the Most High is saying, "Listen, I'm going to create the earth. I will be the owner of it. Yet I'm going to place my son as a king and give him this earth to run in my stead, brothers and sisters." Now we're learning a little bit about a kingdom here. We're going to go to Acts chapter one, verse six. Follows to the New Testament, brothers and sisters, please. Acts 1 and 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Look at this, brothers and sisters. Two things here are working. This is evidence that what? They didn't understand prophecy with complete clarity here. Why? Because they believed the kingdom would be established immediately <laughs> during Christ's time, brothers and sisters. See, so it's, you know, even the disciples, even our people back then were a little confused concerning this kingdom, brothers and sisters. Could you read that one more time? Verse six, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now we said there were two things working. One thing is evident. They didn't have clarity, but another thing is evident also. The kingdom is a tangible place. <laughs> Will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? So obviously this is not some nebulous, mystical idea from the mind of a man, brothers and sisters. They were looking for something physical. This is what Christianity have done, brothers and sisters. Christianity have taken uh, the gospel, the true gospel, and per perverted it, brothers and sisters, where, you know, where we have no clear understanding. We think everything is, you know, just some something spiritual that we have to die for. That's that's what the devil wants you to believe. That's what a slave master would want somebody black to believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You rule after you die. <laughs> no, 
That's not the Bible. The Bible says I'll rule while I live. This is key, brothers and sisters. This is key here. We're going to go to Hebrews 11 and 8 to show you something here, brothers and sisters. Follow us to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. What does that say, Brother Corey? Hebrews 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, which, obeyed. Which he would after receive for an inheritance, he did what, brother? He obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whether he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. The heirs with him of the same promise. Uh, jump to verse 14, please. Verse 14. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. That they what? They seek a country. And truly... If they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. Now, look at this, brothers and sisters, because this does not refer to their earthly countries of origin to which they could have returned had they so desired. But to another country in another place, brothers and sisters. See, so instead they were doing what? Read verse 16, please, brother. Verse 16. But now they desire a better country. But what? Now they desire a better country. Now, look, brothers and sisters, instead, they're longing for a better country, a heavenly country. Mm. Verse 16. But now they desire a better country mm. that is in heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. He hath done what? He hath prepared for them a city. <laughs> brothers and sisters, heaven, therefore, is a country, a kingdom ruled by a king who is the most high. Brothers and sisters, we're reading here that a kingdom is a physical territory. This is a physical territory, brothers and sisters. And now that we understand it's a physical territory, we must learn how a physical territory or a kingdom or country operates, brothers and sisters. That's what today's installment or this installment will be concerning is how does a kingdom, a physical territory, how does it operate? How does a country operate? What do we need first on any country or territory? A constitution. A constitution. Every country has it, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Psalms 19 and 7 to speak about this constitution, brothers and sisters. Psalms 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. It says... Could you read that one more time? Verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect. Right there, brothers and sisters. Look at this. The Bible is a ruling constitution. The Bible is the constitution of the kingdom of heaven, brothers and sisters. Verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Look at this, brothers and sisters. Look at this here. God's documented thoughts concerning his citizens is right here. So what we're reading is the Constitution contains the benefits and privileges of the citizens. Read America's Constitution. What, it, what does the Constitution consist of, brothers and sisters? Now, if America is a country and a territory or all these other lands and they have a Constitution, there must be a Constitution for this kingdom. Now that we understand it's a physical territory, the law of the Lord is perfect. So the law or the 
the Bible, brothers and sisters, it's flawless. And what is it? It's the Constitution, brothers and sisters. Further proof. We're going to go to Ecclesiastes in the in the uh, in the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. We're going to Ecclesiastes eight and four. Ecclesiastes eight verse four. Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, What doest thou? Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing. And a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. The key there, brothers and sisters, is uh, the first scripture. Could you read that again? Verse 4. Where the word of a king is, there is power. Right there, brothers and sisters. The Bible contains the constitution of the kingdom of God, which details his will and mind for his citizens. Also, it says where the word of a king is, there is power. Brothers and sisters, a king's word is the constitution. His word is law. And such is unalterable brothers and sisters could you read that again verse 4 where the where the word of a king is there is power and who may say unto him what doeth thou so look at that brothers and sisters his constitution is not open to debate for discussion or reversal in a kingdom the king imposes his personal will on the citizens and it becomes policy verse 5 Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing. Now that's key right there because it specifies the benefits for compliance as well as the consequences for non-compliance. That's what a constitution is, brothers and sisters. He's saying, listen, obedience, if you deal with obedience, you'll be protected. That's what a constitution is there for, brothers and sisters. It's to protect you if you abide by the rules. So we're learning something here, brothers and sisters. We've already learned that the kingdom is a physical territory. And now we're learning that this physical territory has a constitution and it's the Bible, brothers and sisters. We're going to move forward. We're going to go to Psalms 78, brothers <coughs> and sisters. Follow us closely, please. 78, um, we're going to start on... Let's, let's start at verse 5. Psalm 78, verse 5. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel. And what? And appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children. That they should what, brother? That they should make them known to their children. Look at this, brothers and sisters. Look at this closely because the Constitution is the reference for life in the kingdom. Brothers and sisters. Why? Because the Constitution contains the rights established by the king for the citizens. That's why he's saying, teach your children this. Look at this, brothers and sisters. Could you read that one more time? Verse 5. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their, their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born. Who should arise and declare them to their children. Look at this, brothers and sisters. This is an indication that the most important thing in life is to learn your constitution. We must read our Bibles daily because it's a part of our citizenship, brothers and sisters. And guess what? This is responsibility of the parents. But more, you know, more importantly, or, you know, the father is responsible for teaching his children the laws or the constitution. See, now are we saying if a, if a sister is raising children on her own, she shouldn't do this? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But what we're saying is a man 
who makes a child is obligated, according to the Constitution, to teach the Constitution to his seed, brothers and sisters. So our brothers have to get on this. We have to get on this, brothers and sisters. Let's uh, let's move forward, brother Court. We're going to go to Acts 22 and 25. We're showing you how a kingdom operates. We've already established that there's a constitution. We've already established what the constitution is. Now we're going to show you that constitution in effect. Acts 22 and 25. Acts 22 verse 25. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by. Now here we're seeing that Paul is being beaten, brothers and sisters. Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? What did he say, brother? Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? So he's asking him, is it lawful for you to beat a man who's a Roman citizen? Verse 26. When the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain, saying, Take heed what thou doest, for this man is a Roman. Now, we know he was an Israelite, but he had citizenship in Rome, brothers and sisters. Now, the one thing about citizenship is citizenship gives us complete access to all the rights, resources, and privileges of the kingdom. How do we know that? Could you read that again, brother, from the top? Acts 22 and 25. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? <laughs> Look at this, brothers and sisters. Paul was someone who possessed the rights and privileges of citizenship. Verse 26. When the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain, saying, Take heed what thou doest, for this man is a Roman. So what is this showing you, brothers and sisters? This is showing you that citizenship provides rights and privileges protected by a constitutional commitment of the king. And his government. So look at this closely, brothers and sisters. Uh, could you read the next scripture, brother? Verse 27. Then the chief captain came and said unto him, Tell me, art thou a Roman? He said, Yeah. And the chief captain answered, With a great sum obtained I this freedom. And Paul said, But I was free born. Then straightway they departed from him which should have examined him. And the chief captain also was afraid. And what? And the chief captain also was afraid after he knew that he was a Roman and because he had bound him. <laughs> now, brothers and sisters, if citizenship as a Roman has rights and privileges and protections, what about being a citizen of the kingdom? See? So we're showing you how a kingdom operates, brothers and sisters. Kingdoms who are governments also, if you're reading it here, Kingdoms who are governments exercise jurisdiction over their citizens, no matter the location. It didn't matter where Paul was at. His citizenship came up and they said, oh, OK, well, that jurisdiction says, you know, no matter where this brother is, I have to operate in a certain manner pertaining to this brother. See, are you understanding this, brothers and sisters? So even though we're not in heaven, if we're citizens of heaven, then we have protection even on earth, brothers and sisters. If you become a citizen. So right here, we're seeing the Constitution in effect, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, please follow us to Psalms 84 and 11, because we've already seen the Constitution in work where it was, it was showing his rights. He had a right to not be scourged and beaten uncondemned. 
So we're going to show you. The Bible has rights also. We're going to go to Psalms 84, verse 11. Psalms 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Look at that, brothers and sisters. Like the sun, the Most High provides for us. He nourishes us and is always present. When you become a citizen, that's part of the Constitution. Could you read that one more time? Verse 11. <clears throat> for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. See? So citizenship qualifies us for the right to receive governmental privileges, brothers and sisters. That's why it says, you know, no good thing will be, will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So that's showing you that if you operate under the protection, then you'll be protected. What is the protection? The law. If you operate within the parameters of the law, of the Constitution, you have rights to be protected. Brothers and sisters, and this is a fundamental principle of the kingdom, brothers and sisters. So we, we need Christians to understand there's, there's no way that you're going to get into this kingdom and operate as if you have no law. Well, Christ did away with the law. That doesn't make any sense. How can you have a, a territory or a country with no law? Eventually, chaos is going to break out. Why? Because there's no law. There's no standard or, you know, there's no guidelines for conduct. Brothers and sisters, you can't go into any country on this earth, any territory, and there be no law. But then you think you're going to go into the kingdom of heaven and do what you want? Doesn't work like that, brothers and sisters. I'm sorry, it doesn't. Further proof, we're going to go to Psalms, <clears throat> excuse me, same book, just a different chapter, Psalms 91 and 1. Brothers and sisters, please follow us. Psalms 91 verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now here we are. We're reading the rights, brothers and sisters. You have rights as a citizen that are contained in the Constitution. This is why he's saying, learn your Constitution. Study to show yourself approved. Because guess what? Paul understood what his right was, and that saved his life. <laughs> he's like, hold on. I'm a Roman here, all right? Don't make me pull out my passport. Don't make me pull out my citizenship now. You can't beat me like this while I'm, I haven't been found guilty. So you have to learn your constitution to understand what your rights and protection are, brothers and sisters. We're going to read that one more time. Verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. See, if you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, you will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So obviously the constitution contains the benefits and privileges of the citizens, brothers and sisters. It spells out the advantages that come with being a kingdom citizen, brothers and sisters. To magnify that, we're going to jump to verse 10. We'll read 10 through 12. Psalms 91 verse 10. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh to thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee. To keep thee in all thy ways. Now look at this. This is kingdom protection, brothers and sisters. Verse 12. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Could you read 11 again, brother? Verse 11. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. 
They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. The Most High uses his angels to protect his citizens, brothers and sisters. This is one of our rights as kingdom citizens. This is one of our protections and privileges that's contained in the Constitution. See? So if you walk uprightly, if you capitulate, brothers and sisters, to what? Uh, the stipulations contained in this Constitution, you have a right to be protected by the angels, brothers and sisters. Now, you don't have a right to be protected when you are being insubordinate, brothers and sisters, just like in America. <laughs> If you do wrong, then you, you pay for that, okay? But if you do right, then you're protected under the Constitution. Uh, excuse me, under the Constitution, brothers and sisters. So we have to make this, you know, something, we have to break it down in a way in which brothers and sisters can understand that, and we can do that by making a correlation with America or with the countries that we live in, how a kingdom or a country operates. Now that we understand that the kingdom of heaven is a country, it operates just like an, uh, you know, an earthly kingdom, brothers and sisters, or an earthly country or territory, brothers and sisters. We're reading here that becoming a citizen of the kingdom gives you protection. The Most High will use the host of heaven, the army of angels, to protect you. And let's show you that Christ understood this. We're going to go to Matthew. We're going to the gospel, brothers and sisters. Please follow us to the gospel, Matthew 26 and 47. Matthew 26 and 47. This is where, you know, uh, Christ was getting ready to be apprehended. And while he spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves, from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomever, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Christ and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Christ said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou, art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Christ and took him. And behold, one of them which were with Christ stretched out his hand and drew a sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. So they cut the brother, you know, this Romans, they, they cut off one of these brothers, uh, they cut off one of these brothers' ears, uh, one of the servants of the high priest. Verse 52. Then said Christ unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place. What did he say, brother? Put up again thy sword into his place. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinketh thou that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? Look at that, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Can you read that one more time? 53 verse 53. Think it thou that I cannot now pray to my father and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels. Now look at this brothers and sisters. Kingdom citizens enjoy the protection of the army. Christ identifies the angels as a military component of the kingdom of heaven. Brothers and sisters. Now you have to know the constitution. <laughs> you can only know the constitution if you read it. I don't care how many. You know, how many Bibles you have if you never open it up. Because <laughs> I know a lot of people, they get books, but they, they never open them. <laughs> You're only as smart as what you've read, brothers and sisters. Christ understood that his constitutional right. He said, listen, I, right now, it's my, you know, it's not time for me to, to start war. But don't think 
that I can't call legions of angels now. See? So don't think you're taking my life. I'm laying it down. Don't think you're taking it. See? So here, it illustrates the legal rights and entitlements based on citizenship, brothers and sisters. Living in the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, that is, gives you certain rights, entitlements, protections, provisions, brothers and sisters. That's why it's imperative that we do what? That we thoroughly understand the Constitution. Because you have a right to certain things, brothers and sisters. To magnify that point, let's go to Psalms 37 and 25. Because also in that Constitution is what? You have privileges for provision, brothers and sisters. Psalms 37 and 25. Psalms. 37 verse 25, I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor is seed begging bread. Now look at this brothers and sisters, because this is a kingdom principle of provision. Can you read that one more time? Verse 25, I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. See, look at this. In all true kingdoms, the king is obligated to provide for his citizens. Brothers and sisters, that's how a monarchy operates, brothers and sisters. It says, I, I've been young and old. I've never seen righteous forsaken. <laughs> See, if you operate under the law, if you operate within the parameters of the Constitution, you're obligated to be protected, brothers and sisters. Can you read uh, 26, brother? Psalms 37 and 26. He is ever merciful and lended. And what? And lended. And his seed is blessed. Look at that, brothers and sisters. A king can give or distribute anything to anyone in his kingdom. Why? Because he owns it. <laughs> He's the owner. Verse 27. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. Now, what, what, what did we learn here, brothers and sisters? In the kingdom of heaven, there is no economic crisis and there are no shortages. Brothers and sisters, when you become a citizen, you have privileges and rights to everything in the Constitution, but you have to know it. Remember, brothers and sisters, Christ, when he, Matthew 4, when he was in the wilderness, he knew the Constitution. <laughs> That's how he battled Satan, because he understood he had certain rights that, he, that protected him, brothers and sisters. He also knew he had certain laws that he had to follow in order to stay under that protection. Remember when he said, you, you shall not fall down and, and worship any other God. So he understood he had protection as long as he operated within the parameters of the Constitution, brothers and sisters. We have to make it our, you know, we have to make it our business to daily, to try to daily, brothers and sisters, get into this book. I'm not saying you have to read 20 chapters a day, but get into it, brothers and sisters, because your life depends on it. Your lifestyle depends on it, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. Because right now, we're showing the provision that's provided as a citizen. We're going to go to Matthew 6 and we'll read Matthew 6 and 31, Brother Corey. Matthew 6 and 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of all these things. Look at this, brothers and sisters. <laughs> there are great benefits that will be added free to all who set their minds to seek the kingdom above all other priorities, brothers and sisters. 
Can you read 31 through 33 again, brother? uh, Matthew 6 and 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Now, he dealt first with our primary interest, brothers and sisters, because these are the reasons why we get up and go to work every day. For food, you know, for drink, for clothing, right? This is why you go to work. Verse 32. But after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. But do what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. See, brothers and sisters, all who seek and gain the kingdom of the Most High also gain access to all its riches and resources. You have to understand that. See, in the kingdom, you don't have to worry about food. You don't have to worry about drink. You don't have to worry about clothing. You don't have to worry about where you're going to live at. He's telling you, if you seek the kingdom, guess what? The kingdom, the citizenship to this kingdom, it gives you all of that. (laughs) It gives you all of what you're looking for. Now, this is critical, brothers and sisters, because this kingdom, you know, living in a worldly kingdom, it doesn't operate like that. But he's saying, if you want to do what? If you want to be a citizen of my kingdom, you have to do this here. Operate like this. Because if you get in this kingdom, you will never have to worry about having enough food or enough clothes or or a nice house or finances. I know everything you need. This is what we're supposed to be sharing with brothers and sisters to understand how this kingdom is going to operate. Once they understand a kingdom is a physical place, they need to understand how it operates, brothers and sisters. To magnify that point, we have to go to Philippians. We're going to stick in the New Testament here, brothers and sisters. Where are we going? We're going Philippians 4 and 19. Philippians 4 and 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ. Mm, Look at that, brothers and sisters. See? (laughs) This is the rights. This is the protection. This is the privilege. This is the provision. Can you read that again? Verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ. Now look at this. If you want to attract people to your country, you have to show them how your country is better than theirs, brothers and sisters. Prove to them that they can obtain the benefits in your country that they cannot in their own, brothers and sisters. See? So what are we reading here? We are mandated to get people excited about the country's benefits and the quality of life, brothers and sisters. He shall supply all your needs according to his riches. (laughs) The only thing you have to do is get in, get in. Same way the Mexicans and, you know, a lot of these Hispanics try to get into America. They'll give up everything to get there. Why? Because they know they have a better lifestyle. He's saying, if you can just get into this kingdom, you will have a a stress-free life, a stress-free lifestyle. You don't have to worry about food. You don't have to worry about protection. You don't have to worry about clothes. You don't have to worry about uh, shelter or lodging. You don't have to worry about anything. The only thing you have to do is become a citizen. This is the gospel of the kingdom. This is what we should be teaching, brothers and sisters. The provision. We're reading here the provisions that's allocated to a citizen, brothers and sisters. Now. Let's go to let's go to the gospel, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Luke. Follow us to Luke, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson is 
the kingdom of the king, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Luke chapter 17, verse 20. Luke 17, verse 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Now, this is an indication that even Pharisees were looking forward to this kingdom. Brothers and sisters, could you read that one more time? Verse 20. And when he was demanded of them, when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Behold what, brother? The kingdom of God is within you. So here, Christ is, is, is admonishing the Pharisees not to sit passively waiting for the kingdom. <laughs> he said it doesn't come with observation. Then he says in 21, the kingdom of God is within you. See? So we have to do something, brothers and sisters. He's telling you the kingdom is already within you, but you can't stand and look for something to come. You create it. You have to start implementing this thing. You must start establishing the culture of this kingdom. Brothers and sisters, he's telling you the kingdom is within you. It's not going to come by observation. It's within you. Could you read those two one more time, brother? Luke 17, verse 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you, brothers and sisters. That is key. Remember that, brothers and sisters. He's now, who is he speaking to? He's speaking to Israelites here, brothers and sisters. The kingdom of God is within you. Remember that. Why? Because this next scripture, you'll need to understand this point. We're going to go to Matthew 13. In 44, brothers and sisters, jumping in the jumping through the gospel here today. Matthew 13 and 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field. Can you read that again? Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Look at this, brothers and sisters. Could you read that one more time? Verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field. Now that's key. The kingdom of heaven, not the kingdom in heaven, brothers and sisters. See, the word of denotes possession, not location. It's heaven's kingdom. <laughs> See, this is what you have to point out to Christians, to, to all of our people that came out of Christianity. It's the kingdom of heaven. It's not the kingdom in heaven. Brothers and sisters, this is something physical here. Can you read that one more time? Matthew 13 and 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof, goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Now there's a couple things working here, because this one is saying that the kingdom is worth selling everything you have. <laughs> Just like a lot of these Hispanics, they sell everything they have just to get to America, brothers and sisters. He's saying that's how valuable this is. He's telling you the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that's hidden. Now, previously, brothers and sisters, he said the kingdom of heaven was within me. In this scripture, he's saying it's hidden. So if the kingdom is within me, but yet it's hard to find, he's telling us it's going to be hard to find yourself, brothers and sisters. 
going to be hard to find yourself. But when you do, it's worth giving everything up, brothers and sisters. Now, the question is, if the kingdom is within me, but yet it's hard to find, why is it hard to find, brothers and sisters? We're going to show you. We're going to go to Daniel, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Daniel. We're going to read Daniel chapter 1, verse 1, brothers and sisters. Daniel 1, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, into Jerusalem and besieged it. So here we are. We're reading when Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king, came and started to take down the children of Israel to make us serve brothers and sisters. Could you read that one more time? Verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, into Jerusalem and besieged it. Now look at this. Now we've already established that we're being taken down to serve the Babylonians. We're going to jump to verse 6 to show you. Because Christ said it's going to be hard to find yourself. The kingdom is within you, but it's hidden. We're going to show you why it's hidden. Daniel 1, verse 6. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now look at this. Verse 1 said that Nebuchadnezzar came into Jerusalem, besieged it, brothers and sisters. And here we're reading that some of the children of Judah, the Jews, were, were here, were still here. So you had who? Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And what transpired? Verse 7, please, brother. Verse 7. Unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar. Read verse 7 one more time, please, brother. Verse 7, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave name. That's key, right there. Unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. Now look at this, brothers and sisters. This is part of denouncing your prior allegiance in citizenship. Encouraging us to forget the God and traditions of our homeland. They changed our names. <laughs> look at this, brothers and sisters. They're changing our names to Belteshazzar. Just we're going to read it. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse seven, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. Now look at this. He have now changed these brothers' name. He changed Daniel's name to Belteshazzar, Hananiah to Shadrach. To, he's changed their names to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, we know about the furnace, brothers and sisters, but the key point here is this was forced assimilation. Despite the fact that they were, excuse me, despite the fact that there were many kingdoms throughout history, there are certain characteristics common to all. And that's every time they take over the children of Israel, they change their name, brothers and sisters. This is going on in Daniel. This is going on in the Babylonian uh, captivity here. Brothers and sisters, <laughs> why are you changing their name? That's the question, brothers and sisters, because see, this is what I bring to, to black people. This is what I bring to them. <laughs> now, we are, it's not a black person alive that don't know we were slaves. But there's something that you don't know about slavery, and that's being on the other side of it. <laughs> Where they take your identity and give you something else, brothers and sisters. This is why it's going to be hard to find yourself. Kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. Brothers and sisters. See? And now, it's, it's, it's evidence, rather, 
that the Babylonians, under our, you know, within the first chapter, right after, <laughs> right after taking us over, what did they do? They changed our names, brothers and sisters, to Belshazzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those were not our names, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you this was uh, this was a common characteristic through these other kingdoms or empires taking the children of Israel down. We're going to show you that, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to 2 Maccabees. We're going to go to 2 Maccabees, brothers and sisters, in the Apocrypha. 2 Maccabees, chapter 4. We're going to read verse 7, Brother Corey. 2 Maccabees 4 and 7. But after the death of Seleucus, when Antiochus called Epiphanes took the kingdom... Jason, the brother of Onias, labored on the hand to be high priest. So here we are having a brother uh, to, to try to become high priest over the children of Israel. Verse 8, promising unto the king by intercession 303 score talents of silver and of another revenue 80 talents. So this brother was paying uh, Antiochus Epiphanes for a, he was paying him so he could have, um, have a position as the priest. Verse 9. Ashley, can you read verse 8 again, brother? Verse 8. Promising unto the king by intercession 303 score talents of silver, and of another revenue 80 talents. Besides this, he promised to assign 150 more, if he might have license to set him up a place for exercise. Now, these are these gymnasiums, brothers and sisters, that came from the Greeks, brothers and sisters, just like the, what you would call... The uh, Olympics. Now, when you look at gymnasium, brothers and sisters, and you break that down, the original Greek form of that word gymnos, it means school of naked training, brothers and sisters. These gymnasiums were naked. <laughs> look this up historically. Go to Britannica. Go, you know, look this up on, in the encyclopedia. Gymnasiums, initially, you could not wear clothing in a gymnasium, and you could only be a man. So they set up gymnasiums for naked training, brothers and sisters. Verse 9. Beside this, he promised to assign up 150 more, if he might have license to set him up a place for exercise, and for the training up of the youth in the fashion of the heathen. Now here they are, training up the youth in the fashions of the heathen, taking the culture. And to write them of Jerusalem by the name of Antiochians. And to what, brother? Antiochians. Look at this. And to write them of Jerusalem by the name of Antiochians. So here they are trying to change the name of the children of Israel to Antiochians. <laughs> See, the Edomites are doing the same thing today. If you live in America, you're an American. <laughs> so you're no longer, you know, what your actual uh, heritage is. Your heritage is whatever land you move to. So now if I move to China, I'm Chinese. See, this is what Europeans do, brothers and sisters. Why? Because they're trying to hide something. They're trying to hide something. We're going to read that one more time, brothers and sisters. Verse 9. Beside this, he promised to assign 150 more, if he might have license to set him up a place for exercise, and, and for the training up of youth in the fashions of the heathen. And to write them of Jerusalem by the name of Antioch. Look at this. They wanted to they wanted to change our name, brothers and sisters, to take away our allegiance from the God of Israel and give allegiance to the Greeks, to erase our attachment to our own nation and culture. How do we know? Read the next scripture, please. Verse 10, which when the king had granted 
and he had gotten into the, the hand the rule he for which brought his own nation to Greekish fashion. <laughs> Read that one more time, please, brother. Verse 10, which when the king had granted and he had gotten into his hand the rule he forthwith brought his own nation to Greekish fashion. See, he brought us to Greekish fashions. That was after the name change. See, so it's something spiritual to take away your identity, to erase the connection to our Hebraic heritage, brothers and sisters. Every single time, brothers and sisters. See? So the Edomites, they learned something. That's why we went from being, uh, first they called us Africans, then they called us black, uh, they called us Negroes, they called us uh, <laughs> African Americans. See? They're, they're trying to hide something, brothers and sisters. See? They're trying to hide our identity. We're the only people on earth that got 42 different identities, brothers and sisters. They keep changing our name. And then you can point to history. See, this is why they took the apocrypha out of the Bible. This is why the Bible tells you, or the Most High tell you, to study your constitution. Because here is the truth. You can find the truth in this record. That they were trying to change the names of our people back then. This is the Greek Empire. This is before the Romans, brothers and sisters. This is right after Alexander the Greek, brothers and sisters. And to write them of Jerusalem by the name of Antiochians. They wanted to call us Antiochians, brothers and sisters. Instead of the children of Israel. Instead of the Jews. Instead of the Benjamites. See? This is what they wanted to do, brothers and sisters. So Christ said, listen, the kingdom of heaven is within you, but it's going to be hard to find. Why? Because you have somebody being led by Satan looking to conceal an identity. Brothers and sisters, we're going to show you something here. Let's go to 2 Maccabees 6 and 6, Brother Corey. 2 Maccabees 6, verse 6. Neither was it lawful for a man to keep Sabbath days or ancient fasts or to profess himself at all to be a Jew. Look at this, brothers and sisters. I really need you to see this. It was unlawful for a man to keep Sabbath days, fast and feast, or to what, brother? Or to profess himself at all to be a Jew. Look at that. See, assigning new names was a common court practice in the ancient world, brothers and sisters. Its blatant intention was to change the entire identity of the bearer, brothers and sisters. Why? Because there's a culture that's connected to our identity. That doesn't matter. If, even if it wasn't Israel, there, a certain identity has a certain culture connected with it. And they wanted to erase our memory. So they said, listen, you can't keep the Sabbath, which is, of course, a Hebraic custom, because only Israelites keep the seventh day of the week, which is Saturday, or ancient fast and feast, or to profess yourself to be a Jew. So I couldn't even say I was an Israelite. It was illegal for me to even say that I was a Jew. Why? <laughs> See, brothers and sisters, this, you'll find out why when you start telling people you're a Jew. <laughs> and look at how they react to you. You're going to see why. You ain't no Jew. You're a Negro. You're a slave. You ain't God's chosen people. See? <laughs> the Bible has the answers, brothers and sisters. It's telling you, it's going to be hard to find yourself. Why? Because people have changed your name, taken your identity, and given it to someone else. It was illegal to profess yourself to be a Jew. Brothers and sisters. Now, 
Let's show you something, though. Let's go to Isaiah, brother. Let's, uh, we're almost done here, brothers and sisters. Uh, follow us to Isaiah. We're going to read Isaiah 44 and 5 here. Today's lesson is the second installment of our Kingdom of Heaven um, series, brothers and sisters. Our first installment was um, A King and His Kingdom. Uh, our second episode or installment is The Kingdom of the King. So today we're going into the kingdom, how a kingdom operates, brothers and sisters. Isaiah 44, verse 5. One shall say, I am the Lord's, and another shall call himself by the name of Jacob. Could you read that again? One shall say, I am the Lord's, and another shall call himself by the name of Jacob. And another shall subscribe with his hand unto the Lord, and surname himself by the name of Israel. And do what? And surname himself by the name of Israel. So look at this, was prophetic, brothers and sisters, that we would awaken and start ascribing to the name of Jacob. Jacob is Israel, brothers and sisters. Israel is a prince of God, brothers and sisters. See? So it's going to be hard to find yourself. And when you find yourself, then you start referring to yourself as who you truly are. <laughs> this is prophetic. You got more Hispanic blacks and natives walking around today saying they're Israel, you know, more so than in the last 300 years, brothers and sisters. This is key. Could you read that one more time, brother? Isaiah 44 and 5. One shall say, I am the Lord's. And another shall call himself by the name of Jacob. And another shall subscribe with his hand unto the, the Lord and surname himself by the name of Israel. That is key, brothers and sisters, because that's the beginning of coming into another territory. <laughs> when you come into, when you become a citizen of another territory, you change your name. When you become a citizen. See, that's why these Hispanics and Koreans, they can't love to say, they can't wait to, to say they're American. <laughs> and uh, what do they say? Korean-American, Mexican-American, see? The most I said, listen, the beginning of you getting into this kingdom is finding out who you are, which is going to be difficult without my spirit. Go read Ezekiel 37, the, the Valley of the Dry Bones, brothers and sisters. Go read it. Uh, go read it. Malcolm, Malcolm X understood that we were the children of Israel. And he had a speech on the... Um, the Valley of the Dry Bones. <laughs> he knew. That's why they killed him, brothers and sisters. This, what you're seeing today, is prophetic. To be able to have two brothers, you know, without without going to these high universities to be able to break down the history. Only because, why? Not because we're deep, because we're not. But because the spirit of the Most High was placed on his people to wake up and establish what? His culture on earth, brothers and sisters. They've taken away our name. Go read Psalms 83, where they said they would take away our heritage, that the name of Israel would never be remembered. And we just read how they were doing it, brothers and sisters. Nevertheless, they can't stop the spirit. They can't stop the Most High. Our people are waking up. Our people are putting down the pork, putting down the Christmas, putting down the shellfish, putting down Sunday worship, brothers and sisters. And that is the beginning of of knowing who you are. When you know who you are, you look into the heritage that that particular identity follows. There's many people I know that once they found that they were a Jew, they started researching, okay, well, I know Jews are different. What do Jews do? I've had sisters call me and say, yeah, did you know that Jews uh, don't eat pork? I'm like, well, yeah, I'm a Jew. 
But it just goes to show you when you have an identity, you can go look at your heritage. When you have no identity, you have no history to look at. There's nowhere where I can look up in history, you know, with the African-American customs. (laughs) When that name African-American didn't be, there was no such term until what, 1986, which was that Jesse Jackson. He's the one who gave us that name (laughs) African-American. How are you going to be two different countries? That only makes sense, brothers and sisters. You don't name the people Excuse me. You don't name the the people after the land. You name the land after the people. So that means no matter where I go, if I go to China, I'm not Chinese. If I come to America, I'm not American. I'm a Jew. No matter where I go, I am a Israelite wherever I go. See, so they've twisted history because guess what? If I have a child, uh, you know, in the Pacific Ocean, what does that make that child? Exactly. Because you don't name the pe- a people based on their geographical location, brothers and sisters. We are the children of Israel, and the Bible tells you clearly that we would wake up and start, you know, start attaching the name of Israel to who we are. Let's go to Isaiah 60 and 1, because once you have the name, once you have the identity, what next? Isaiah 60 verse 1. Arise, shine, for thy light is come. <laughs> so now, once you ascribe that name to you, do what, brother? Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. See, now there's something key here, brothers and sisters. When the light comes, we must respond to it. It says, arise, shine, for the light has come. Why? Because darkness is for lying down and light is for rising up, brothers and sisters. Could you read that one more time? Isaiah 60 and 1. Arise, shine. So look at that. Arise. That's first. First we receive God's light. Shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Look at that, brothers and sisters. So first we receive God's light. Your light has come. And then we have a service to put forth. Arise, shine. (laughs) So once you get the identity, it's time to arise and shine. Brothers and sisters, our assignment is to reintroduce the kingdom of God on earth. Brothers and sisters. See? So it's going to be hard to find yourself. Many of our people are looking for themselves. Many of our people over the last 10 years have started doing DNA tests and certain things like that. Why? What are you looking for? The Most High put a spirit on us to look into, you know, our history. Not their history, but our history. I can't trust, you know, someone else to give me my history because it's not mine. That's yours. The Most High has put a spirit on us to start looking into DNA testing. Now, would I take a DNA test? Absolutely not. I would not. Unless the Most High told me to because Timothy tell you, you know, um, strive not in genealogy. Because if they've already changed my name, I'm pretty sure that the DNA test that they came up with is not going to say I'm an Israelite. (laughs) In fact, you're going to be more confused. It's going to tell you you're 2% this, 32% that, 4% this. That don't exist. There's no such thing as a mixed person, brothers and sisters. You are who your father is. If your father was a black man, then you're black. doesn't matter if you have a white, you know, a white mother, a Chinese mother. doesn't matter. Why? Because the seed is in the man. When you plant an apple tree outside. You don't get a half apple tree and a half earth tree. You get an apple tree, brothers and sisters. 
So if you or your father fit the curses contained in Deuteronomy, and it's not just 28, but all throughout the Bible, all throughout the Torah, brothers and sisters, then you are an Israelite and you don't need science to tell you that because I doubt it ever will, brothers and sisters. They spent billions of dollars, trillions of dollars on keeping the Hebrews sleep. They've been doing it all throughout the Bible back to Daniel's time, brothers and sisters. Why? We read it in 2nd Ezra 6. He created the earth for our sakes. Do you think they want you to know that? That doesn't make any sense. Why would they give you the information to overthrow them? See? You have to pick up this Bible, brothers and sisters. We are the children of Israel. We are the children of Israel. Now, let's go to Proverbs 20 and 13. Because it says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come. We've already discussed that darkness is for lying down. Light is for rising up, brothers and sisters. We're going to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 13. Proverbs 20 and 13. Love not sleep. Do what? Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. Look at that. Arise, shine, brothers and sisters. Love not sleep. He's telling you, arise, it's time to shine, lest you come into poverty. See, if you become negligent, spiritual, you become negligent to this constitution. If you don't read this book, guess what's going to happen? Could you read that again, brother? Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. See, if you open your eyes, if you wake up, you shall be satisfied with bread. Now remember, <laughs> man shall not live off bread alone. So it's not just talking about physical bread, brothers and sisters, but the word of God. See, you'll be satisfied and only with the word of God. Nothing's going to satisfy us, brothers and sisters. Money is not going to satisfy us. Fame and celebrity is not going to satisfy us. Drugs and, 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 and alcohol will never satisfy the children of Israel. We're missing our identity. We're missing our heritage. We're missing our rulership, brothers and sisters. Love not sleep. Even in, you know, in everyday life, brothers and sisters. Uh, you hear a lot of entrepreneurs saying the enemy to success is sleep. Now, am I saying you shouldn't get sleep? Absolutely not. But you shouldn't love it, brothers and sisters. You should get what you need to, you know, um, replenish yourself. But we got things to do. Arise and shine, brothers and sisters. It's time to get to the kingdom. It's time to get uh, working towards the kingdom, rehearsing the righteous acts that will put us on the path into this kingdom that we've learned about today, brothers and sisters. Now, we've talked about a lot today. We've talked about how a kingdom operates. We talked about who's king, who the king is. We've talked about who he created, what he created us for. We've talked about the territory that he gave his kids. Learning about the Bible, you'll learn a couple things. The Bible is not a religious book. It is a legal document about a king, his kingdom, and his kids, brothers and sisters. That's what the whole Bible is about. A king, his kingdom, and his kids. And today we've learned about the kingdom. Now the question is, how do you become a citizen to this kingdom we've learned about, brothers and sisters? How do you become a citizen? We've got to go to John 3 and 1. Brothers and sisters. Now, 
anybody who you know probably lives in America, uh, which uh, deals with a lot of uh, immigrants, we understand that the easiest way to become a citizen is to be born in that particular country. That's the easiest way to become a citizen. Keep that in mind as we read these scriptures, brothers and sisters. John 3 verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Christ by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Christ answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, see, Nicodemus heard Christ teaching. He heard him preaching. He wanted to know about this kingdom. How do I get access into this kingdom, this, this new country? How do I get access? John 3 explains the process of acquiring kingdom citizenship. Brothers and sisters, Christ is saying what? Could you read 3 again, brother? Verse 3. Christ answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Citizenship requires new birth, brothers and sisters. Verse 4. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born again when he is already old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Christ answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Look at that, brothers and sisters. Citizenship in a kingdom is not a right, but a privilege, brothers and sisters. And citizens are chosen by the king and are beneficiaries of the king's pleasure and promises. But a prerequisite for participation in the kingdom is baptism. Being born again, brothers and sisters. Being fully submerged in living water. Coming out as a new, coming out, you know, coming out as a new creature, brothers and sisters, washing away your sins, being born again, the same way in Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter three, the last five, uh, last verses, Christ did. See, this is how you become a citizen, brothers and sisters. Guess what? When you're born, at least here in America, they take uh, your foot and dip it in ink. And put it on a certificate. Why? That's registration. They register every child that's born. Guess what happens when you get baptized, brothers and sisters? <laughs> You're in the registry. You're in the heavenly registry, brothers and sisters. And guess what? You have the rights and privileges no matter where on earth you are, even if you're not in the actual country at the time, as Paul showed you, brothers and sisters. See, once you're born again, you got certain rights. Certain provisions, certain protections. You have to understand that. You must learn that so you can so you can utilize all of the resources of the king. See, just because we're not living in the kingdom right now, we're still citizens. Therefore, he's telling he's telling us if you become a citizen, I will provide and protect you no matter where you're at. Just like when you get a American passport and you go to another country, you're still protected. <laughs> You're still protected as being an American, brothers and sisters. See? So here we're learning, brothers and sisters, about how the kingdom, which is a, it's a actual country, it's an actual territory, and its government operates, brothers and sisters. 
Now we're learning here. We need to be born again in order to obtain citizenship into this new this new country, brothers and sisters, called the kingdom of heaven. Not the kingdom in heaven, but the kingdom of heaven, which means it's the kingdom from a heavenly influence, brothers and sisters. Last scripture, we're going to go to Hosea 4 and 6, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Being born in that particular land is the easiest way, brothers and sisters, it's the easiest way to become a citizen. Anybody who, you know, anybody who has knows anything about immigration, brothers and sisters, if you wanted to be an American, if you were born in America, you're a citizen. If you were born in Iran, you're a citizen. Christ had the keys. He had the answers, brothers and sisters. This is the gospel of the kingdom that is ought, that ought to be preached, that ought to be teached, brothers and sisters. You first start off with the king. So you understand how a kingdom operates. It's not a democracy. It's a theocracy. It's a monarchy. And then you go into the lifestyle of the citizens. And what we went in today is the lifestyle of the citizens of this particular country, which is called the kingdom of heaven, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Hosea 4 and 6. We're going to end it here, brothers and sisters. Hosea 4 verse 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Brothers and sisters, man's greatest enemy is not the devil. It's ignorance, brothers and sisters. Verse 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. Now that's key. Because thou hast rejected knowledge. Brothers and sisters, you cannot reject something that's unavailable. So he's telling you it's available, but you're rejecting it. I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Now that's key, brothers and sisters, because this is ignorance is generational. Because why? If, I, if parents are ignorant, what can they teach their children? <laughs> Your children are going to be ignorant concerning the same thing. Unless what? Unless the spirit come on you like it has on us, because many of us didn't know we were Israel as adolescents, brothers and sisters. But something spiritual went on. Why? Because he said, if you seek, you shall find, brothers and sisters. But what we went into was a wealth of knowledge, brothers and sisters. Because why? He's telling you we're destroyed for a lack of knowledge because we're rejecting the knowledge. So many people will hear this and reject it and say, well, no. You know, God chose everybody. <laughs> in the kingdom, you have to die and go to heaven for. You're going to perish for that. Guess what? Paul said, what if they don't believe? If they don't believe, it's not going to change the truth of the words written in ink, brothers and sisters. So for those who the Most High have chosen to see the truth, we encourage you to go over these scriptures again, brothers and sisters. Uh, listen to the series from the first to the last, brothers and sisters. And then formulate your life around this vision, around this purpose. Understanding that the destination, which is the kingdom of heaven, should dictate the decisions you make on a daily basis, brothers and sisters. Today was our second installment of our heavenly series, brothers and sisters. Today's installment was the kingdom of of the king, brothers and sisters. 
We want to say Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.